0: Good morning and welcome on this rather steamy first Sunday in August Um, because of the heat we do have all doors closed so we can enjoy the coolness of our air conditioning if that makes anyone uncomfortable uh, and would like to wear a mask for their sense of comfort and safety you're welcome to do so we do have masks back here um, in the back of the church please help yourself. At this time, I invite everyone to please stand and in the blue hymnals find hymn number 636. right to begins blessed be god father son and holy spirit and blessed, blessed be his kingdom Lord, now and forever amen almighty god to you all hearts are open all desires known and from you no secrets are hid cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your holy spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through christ our lord Amen. let us join together glory to god in the highest and peace to his people on earth lord god heavenly king almighty god and father we worship you we give you thanks we praise you for your glory lord jesus christ only son of the father And also with you. Let us pray. Grant to us, Lord, we pray, the Spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you, may by, may by you be enabled to live according to your will through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the readings.
1: A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amaz, which he saw concerning Judah in Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I've had enough of your burnt offering of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asks this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bringing offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocation. I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. They are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. From the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Let us join in saying together Psalm 50 verses 1 through 8. Twenty-three through 24 as found in our booklet. The Lord, the God of gods, has spoken. He has called the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, perfect in its beauty, God reveals himself in glory. Our God will come and will not keep silence. Before him, there is a consuming flame, and round about him a raging storm. He calls the heavens and the earth from above to witness to the judgment of his people. Gather before me my loyal followers, those who have made a covenant. Let the heavens declare the rightness of his cause, for God himself is judged. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, I will bear witness against you. For I am God, your God. I do not accuse you because of your sacrifices. Your offerings are always before me. Consider this well, you who forget God. Lest I rend you and there be none to deliver you. Whoever offers me the sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. But to those who keep in my way will I show the salvation of God.
1: A reading from Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that worlds were prepared by the word of God. SO THAT WHAT IS SEEN WAS MADE FROM THINGS THAT ARE NOT VISIBLE. BY FAITH, ABRAHAM OBEYED WHEN HE WAS CALLED TO SET OUT FOR A PLACE THAT HE WAS TO RECEIVE AS AN INHERITANCE. HE SET OUT, NOT KNOWING WHERE HE WAS GOING. BY FAITH, HE STAYED FOR A TIME IN THE LAND HE HAD BEEN PROMISED, AS IN A FOREIGN LAND LIVING IN TENTS, AS DID ISAAC AND JACOB, WHO WERE heirs WITH HIM OF THE SAME PROMISE. For he looked forward to this city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith he received power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of the sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises. But from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on Earth. For people who speak and make it this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land they had left behind, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 393. We'll sing both verses prior to the reading of the gospel. Hymn 393. gospel of our lord jesus christ according to luke glory to you lord christ jesus said to his disciples do not be afraid little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom sell your possessions and give alms make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the Master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
2: pray. Almighty God, you are the author of our salvation. You are the weaver of our great journey of faith. Be with us as we work to build up your kingdom. Amen. Please be seated. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, there was a kingdom. Now, this kingdom, like most kingdoms, had a king. But this king was the most just and gracious and generous and benevolent king there ever, ever was. And because of that, the people knew deeply that this king would love and provide for them. Now the king was growing old in his years, and so one day the king's daughter approached him close to his deathbed and said, Father, we are told that when you die, somehow you will remain with us. But how will we know that you are really here? How will all of us far flung in your giant kingdom know that you are in fact with us? And the king answered, well, my daughter, we have worked very, very hard to bring about peace and justice and prosperity and care in our kingdom. Now, my people will actually inherit this kingdom themselves. And if they choose to continue to build peace and justice, and prosperity, they will in fact know that I am still with them, and they might even see my face in each other's faces. Concerned, though, the daughter asked, but father, what if the people do not do as you say? The king replied, my child, I give this kingdom freely to my people as a gift. They are the people whom I love. But it is within the power of any heir to squander their inheritance, is it not? Even so, I give it. The end. Wouldn't it be really, really helpful if our journey of faith were as clear-cut and direct as a fairy tale? If our sacred scripture would just lay things out for us in a nice, neat manner there would be happily ever after ending? But I'm afraid that's not what we have. That's not what we've been given. Instead, today, we hear a lot about kingdoms in our scriptures. This kingdom, this sense of elusive, mystical, already-but-not-quite-yet kingdom. It comes up a lot in our Bible, so it must be important. But for the sake of time and for your sanity, I just want to circle around three questions that come to my mind when we hear about this elusive, mystical kingdom. Where is it? What is it like? And who gets to be there? Where is this kingdom? Well, in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is here already. And in Luke, we hear that the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are often used interchangeably in the gospel, but the kingdom of Heaven and God are within those to whom Jesus was speaking. The kingdom of God is within you, Jesus said. So it leads to all the people hearing this in the gospel a little confusing because some kingdom, which isn't quite obvious to us, is already here and inside of people. Now, if you were to ask more direct question of can you give me directions to the kingdom. This basically gives us what I like to think of as like a native Rhode Islander set of directions to the kingdom. You know, you know the old bennies. You know like the old, old bennies. Yeah, take a right after the old Bennys and then you know where the skating rink burnt down in 87, a left there, kingdom's right on the side, you can't miss it. You know, that's just my kind of try at, at uh, Rhode Island directions. It's not terribly clear, is it? Where, what is this kingdom? Where is it? But already here and within us, Jesus says. So it would seem that kingdom, which is this word we keep hearing, it's being paired with words like heaven or God. And these words often make us think of things that are over there or sort of other. Jesus here is underscoring that there is a here-ness to this kingdom, that there is an internalness to this kingdom. So could it be that bringing about the kingdom of God might have at least as much to do with the internal work of discerning the will of God for ourselves, our own life, at least as much to do with that as it do with making people Christian? Could it be that stepping into the kingdom of heaven has potentially more to do with striving to bring about values and promises of a heavenly kingdom to this world, rather than obsessing to getting to the next one? What if the promise of going somewhere like heaven after death is a point in our Christian journey, but not the point of? our Christian journey, the journey of breaking open the kingdom here and now. I personally have a pretty hard time swallowing this idea that the second person of the most holy and divine trinity, the Christ, the thing that was before all things, the Christ that through whom all things were made, that this God became enfleshed incarnate with us to teach us about our inheritance of such a kingdom, how it works, what it's like to be executed for teaching us about this kingdom, to be buried, to be resurrected, to destroy death in that process, to ascend, to leave a spirit to guide and inspire us, to give us courage to approach the hard work of kingdom building, I just have a hard time believing God did all that on our behalf just so we could sit, just so we could look around and let this present world and claim that it's just too broken to be anything like the kingdom of God, and so instead look for some escape route rather than walking into that hard risky work of kingdom building here and now. Why wait? The kingdom is already at hand. Jesus told him himself. And it is within us a gift from God, undoubtedly, this kingdom, but potentially a cheapened one if we wait until after death to claim it. So we know where the kingdom is. But what is this kingdom like? Well, again, Jesus tells us a lot of things about this kingdom. It's like a seed that needs good soil to be cultivated. It's like a landowner that pays his workers more than they technically deserve. It's like a wedding feast with a very non-exclusive guest list. It's child-friendly, and apparently it's a tough place for wealthy people to enter. But the kingdom is also like a single pearl that is somehow worth more than anything can possibly possess. It's like a hidden treasure in a field upon which the chance of finding is worth more than betting the entire farm. But these two things, they don't sound like good investment strategies, do they? Pearls are valuable, but they're not that valuable. Buried treasure is an exciting prospect, isn't it? But what if that treasure chest comes up out of the ground empty? There's something wrong with the economics of this kingdom, it would seem, if we're thinking about it in what we know here. So maybe it's something like this. The kingdom of God is a lot of things, but one thing it is not is transactional. We inherit a kingdom, remember, it's a gift. It isn't earned, it isn't deserved, and it most definitely is not owned by anyone. It is lived into, it is built, it is all shared. Remember from our reading from Isaiah earlier, God was not very happy because God's people insisted on offering sacrifices in order to be on good terms with God. They wanted a transaction, sacrifice for blessing, all the while they were neglecting to be on good terms with one another. And so God says, I have had enough of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of your fed beast. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. This offering wasn't working. God suddenly is turning a nose up to these sacrifices that God's people had been taught would keep them in God's good graces. So then, what is God really looking for? What do God's people need to be doing differently? What will make these sacrifices once again pleasing? Cease to do evil, God says. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. It would seem that for God, kingdom building is a prerequisite for offering a pleasing sacrifice. Right relationship with one another seems to be part and parcel to right relationship with the Almighty. And as a Eucharistic worshiping tradition, we might do well to remember that little bit from Isaiah. So looking to enjoy the promises of the Kingdom before working to bring them about, it seems, might be the wrong order of operations, doesn't it? Faith. We read about earlier in Hebrews, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. We were reminded of Abraham's persistent faith, wandering without a destination, wandering to maintain and to look for the promises of God. But we were also reminded that Abraham died before he received those promises. He saw them from a distance and greeted them. The kingdom isn't built on transaction. It's built on faith. Because perhaps faith is of more real value in this kingdom than cashing in on big promises. So who gets to be there? Who gets to be in this kingdom? A few weeks back I was watching the ordination service of a good friend of mine down in Washington DC. The Bishop of Washington, Mary Ann, she spoke these words at the homily of this ordination service and they have haunted me ever since because I think she's right. She said, as a species, as a people, we will walk into the kingdom of God together or we will not walk there at all. God's kingdom is a gift to us, undoubtedly, and more precious and sacred and valuable than we can scarcely comprehend. But it is still a kingdom. There is still a king. And the king gets to make the rules. And I firmly believe that one of those rules is that non-cooperation in this kingdom is a non-starter. This kingdom will not be fractured up and appropriated by denomination or tribe or race or any other box that we insist on maintaining to keep ourselves separated from the whole of the family of God. We will walk into the kingdom of God together, or we will not walk into it at all. Beloved in Christ, The kingdom is here. It is within us already. It is unquestionably inclusive, and it is also our inheritance. It has been that for so many all the way since God made a covenant with Abraham. So what will we do with that which we are given? The king replied, My child, I give this kingdom freely, a gift to my people whom I love. It is within the power, though, of any heir to squander such an inheritance. Even so, I give it. Amen.
0: Please stand and join with me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For us and for he suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
3: Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy,
0: hear our prayer.
3: Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace. That we may honor one another and serve the common good lord in your mercy
0: hear our Our prayer prayer.
3: give us all a reverence for the earth as our own creation that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and by your honor and glory lord in your mercy
0: hear Hear our our prayer. prayer
3: bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles, and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. prayer. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Nancy Fairweather, Joe Farnoli, and Linda Farr. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, we pray for the bishop and members of the diocesan staff. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died especially Alexandria, Maria, Miku, Richard Parker, James Gardner, and Anne Winters, that your will for them may be fulfilled, and we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy,
0: hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. I ask your prayers this morning. For all the bishops who have gathered this week in Lambeth, we give thanks for their deliberation and work together, their ability to be together both in their discord and in their unity. I ask your prayer for all those who live in the midst of violence, that they may seek and find safe havens o lord our god accept the fervent prayers of your people in the multitude of your mercies look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help for you are gracious o lover of souls and to you we give glory father son and holy spirit now and forever amen let us confess our sins against god and our neighbor That we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace be with you. Peace be
4: with you. Good job. Peace be with you. Peace be with you.
0: Peace. Peace. I invite everyone to please be seated. And this is the first Sunday of the month, so today we invite all people who have birthdays during the month of August or those who celebrate wedding anniversaries this month to please come forward for a blessing. And this morning I've invited Drake to give the birthday blessing to everybody because it's my birthday this month and it's really awkward to bless myself. So (laughs) Blake will be standing in on my behalf so uh, we have birthdays, birthdays birthdays and is this an anniversary birthday, birthday. 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 both of you birthdays birthday, birthday. Yeah. All birthdays. okay all birthdays okay. so drake you're on <laughs> i'm keeping that a, a secret
2: <laughs> let us pray oh god our times are in your hand look with favor we pray on your servants As they begin another year grant that they may grow in wisdom and grace and strengthen their trust in your goodness all the days of their life through
0: jesus christ our lord amen amen happy birthday everyone oh no i'm a virgo i'm just over (laughs) i'm at the end of the month (laughs) on the cusp so. so we do have a handful of announcements this morning. Uh, first of all, thank you to everyone who helped out this week with the concert the week before and with Tuesday evening's discussion. Both events were wonderfully attended and we are glad to have so many a part of it. Uh, special thank you to Jane Perini for the artwork that now adorns our office. Um, the Rabbi and conversation. With the rabbi and the priest. Is that up in podcast? No. No. Well, it make it. We're not sure yet. Okay. So uh, hopefully that we I did the recording. So hopefully it gets up. If we'll let you know if it does. Um, also this week on Thursday the 11th at 7 p.m. We have another of our brothers' keepers concerts. Thursday night's concert will feature Dennis Costa. Who is the owner of Wakefield Music. He will be here with Jody DeSalvo. It'll be an evening of music of the Americas and it will feature mostly acoustical guitar. It should be a most beautiful evening so I do encourage everyone to come and bring friends. I can tell you it will be great music. They always are. The cost for that event is $25 per person. Tickets can be purchased at the door or they can be purchased through Eventbrite. And um, the monies that we receive from our tickets go directly to support our community market and the buying of the food, 100%. And so if we get 100 people, I think that's $2,500. That will last us just about three months. So if we can get 200 people, that's six months. And then in the next concert, if we get the same number, we've got most of our food budget taken care of. Please encourage everyone to come. It's for a great cause.
5: Susan, you have an announcement this morning. Okay, I learned at the earlier service that I have to be careful of the candle, but still speak into the mic. So I hope this works. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Susan Hines, and um, when John and I first came to St. Peter's almost ten years ago, we were warmly welcomed by the priest and a couple of other people as Father Craig welcomes everyone now. Uh, a few weeks later, we had not yet gone to the coffee hour. And Claudia and Jerry Reynolds invited us to the coffee hour. And things have not been the same since. We had been so timid on doing this, but by now, People know that John is not timid any longer. Uh, Shortly thereafter, I joined some of the women who made Coffee Hour happen, a great way to get to know people. Now that we feel safe in gathering outside, it is time to experiment with reinventing the Coffee Hour. We propose, and that includes Zoe, Robinson, and myself, to put coffee outside for the early service and leave it there, and leave it outside through the end of the second service. We would hope that the, there would be almost a continuous group of people enjoying the coffee. We found that the eight o'clockers will stay and enjoy the coffee for a good half hour, and uh, perhaps some of the early comers will uh, take advantage of that too. But Zoe and I have gotten it off the ground. Who's gonna make it work on a continuing basis? Well, I hope it's going to be you. Uh, I know that not everyone can do the setup or the cleanup, but just about everybody can contribute a baked good or something from the grocery store that we could be put out for us all to share. And that includes men. <laughs> they know how to bake. <laughs> they, they enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, so forth. <laughs> okay, uh, starting next week, We'll have a sign up sheet in the back, and I would like people to sign up. If you can only do food, that's fine. You know, too many of us have had hip replacements, and I give you a pass on carrying the tables out or other things. Uh, we'll also have people set up and clean up. Clean up is a you know, it's, it's fast, especially if everyone helps, but it's not a really a big deal. We'll help you through that. Um, I think that's about it. And uh, my non-timid husband, John, has something to say, too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not good at this microphone, am I? <laughs> uh, maybe John will do it better.
0: Yes, you may, John. John steps forward this morning as our senior warden.
6: (laughs) Good morning. Want to. That's W A N T T O. Want to. That's what I want to talk to you about today. You know, all of us come to mass because we want to, not because we have to. And in that spirit, Father and I spoke this week. And we thought it would be very nice that we as a congregation give thanks to those people Who help in the service of the Mass. Now, we all know what the services are. We have lectors, we have ushers, we have readers, lectors, we have LEM people, and as my wife mentioned, we have Zoe and my wife for hospitality. And so, what I want to have done, and Father Craig indeed wants us, is for us every Sunday to give thanks to those people that render these services. Now today, we have as a lector, Keith Moorhead. We have as our LEM people, Brian Banning and Drake Douglas, and may I say, Drake, it is a real pleasure having you here this summer. It really is. We have, as I mentioned, Zoe helping out with coffee. And we have our ushers, Paul and Colleen Sandelli. So let's give thanks as a congregation by stating that as a group and saying the words Thank you to these people. Are you ready? One, two, three, thank you. But I'm not over. I'm just beginning to roll. There is another way you can say thank you, a way that really comes from the heart, comes from the depth of your feeling, and that is by Having you step forward and be willing to serve in one of these capacities. You know, there's a saying that imitation is the greatest form of flattery. You could imitate these people and flatter them and thank them by so flattering them. We need you. And we actually make it easy, in a sense, for you to have this privilege of service. We give you a choice, a choice not only as to the Sunday on which you can perform it, but the position that you would like to render your service in. You know, you can look at it. Like, the church is a five-star restaurant, and it has a stupendous menu from which you can select. That's the opportunity you have. And in this selection process, you have freedom. You can choose when you want to be here, what Sunday you want to serve, so that if women may have it, you can still go to Key Largo and play the piano, Or you can put your hiking shoes on and climb Mount Everest. What an opportunity. We need you. We would like you to seriously consider rendering a service in one or more of these areas. It's really not hard. It's easy to learn. But your service will be so valuable. We want you to deeply consider doing this. We need you. And finally, please do not disappoint us. Thank you.
0: Thank you, John. Also, one um, person that we did not recognize who gives us time freely almost every week hiding in his corner is Ron Cowie, who records our podcast <laughs> for us. So to Ron, we also give thanks. And Ron is willing to trade, even though it's his favorite toy back there. Um, he shares. So if anyone would like to learn how to record, uh, Ron is more than willing to teach and give up his seat in the um, corner there. <laughs> sure. It's true. So uh, on that note, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God. be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, for you are the source of light and light you made us in your image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, "Take." Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace, And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Amen. Alleluia, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Thank you. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord, to him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, the honor and glory, now and forever, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn 533. Thanks be to God.